Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. So this episode is long overdue. I've been sick in the process for the last week and a half. Life gone away, however, we're back. I also rebranded the podcast from This Is My Life to Tech Wonderland if you're German or Wonderland. And the content is still the same. Updates about my journey getting into the tech industry, interviewing junior developers, senior developers like today's guest, Mike Chen. Uh, Mike is a former Google, Yahoo, and Airbnb. He used to he learned how to code back in 2009, and now he runs his own startup. And also, he is um, helps people get into industry in Twitter, which is very cool. He's giving back to the community, and he's a very very smart person. And I'm so happy to have him in the podcast. So, like always, you can find everything we talk about in the show notes, time steps, so you can jump around. Our contact information, everything will be down there. Twitter, websites, and without further ado, welcome Mike. Hey Mike, what's up? How are you doing, man? I'm doing. I'm doing well, Jonathan. How's it going? Everything well. Good. First, I want to say thank you for you know for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. All right, perfect. All right, so um, I just want to start from the beginning, just going chronological order from start to end. I saw in your um, your Twitter profile that you're self-taught developer. Yep. Correct. So let's yep. go before that. What were you doing before you were? Yeah. So developer? I was working at a. Uh, at a biotech lab. Um, so I did like uh, oncology research. So I was like basically in a lab just running trials on different drugs uh, for like over and over and over again. Um, I found the work to be pretty repetitive and uh, frankly a little bit boring. Um, so yeah, I was like, you know, thinking through whether or not that's something I wanted to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> All right, so you do that at, at a college? Uh, yeah, so I actually worked in a hospital first, um, coming out of school. Like I wanted to figure out if I wanted to be a doctor. Um, okay. So I was pre-med and studied biochemistry and then uh, worked at a hospital for a bit to try to figure out um, if that was the path I wanted to go down. How long were you in the medical field? I know um, yeah, I mean, between, between the hospital and like biotech, um, like I was in the field for two and a half years or something like that uh, coming out okay. of school. But right, I'd so done internships not... and stuff like that before. Uh, during all right. Cool. So you are in the medical in this this field, and you're saying to yourself, okay, I can't do this shit anymore. I'm yeah. done. How? What was your, like, research or self-talk, or how did you decide to, like, okay, I want to do this. I want to go to – I want to go to – I want to program, but uh, I don't want to go to school again. How, how was that self-talk? Yeah. No, that's a good question. I – I, I guess, like, I didn't even consider going back to school. <laughs> like, I, I wasn't even thinking about it because, uh, you know, I just graduated from from an expensive school. I had, like, uh, some debt to pay off. Um, and it, like, just didn't seem like an option for me to kind of go back and, and, and do it again without any money. Um, and uh, neither of the jobs that I worked at, like, paid super well. Um, so it was you know, kind of like just a financial decision, I guess, or like a non-decision um, that I that I made to just try to go the self-taught route. Um, and back then, like, this is back in like 2009, um, there weren't any like boot camps or anything like that. So it was all just like, um, had to study from like books and things like that. Um, there weren't like any like cheap courses like that or anything. Um, so yeah, I that's like the the whole decision making process. Um, do do you want to know more about like kind of? 
why coding or yeah i guess like i guess like okay so you were in 2009 it was a completely different world back then the internet was just starting the boom of i think web 2 i think or I have no idea to be honest with you, but you know everything was everything was different. Like today in 2021, 2022, I'm sorry. Um, you know you can go to Google, you go to YouTube, and you can become a self-taught developer if you like study hard and like six to nine months, right? Yeah. So how long how long did it take you to yeah. to do uh, that from from like studying to to landing job? Yeah, studying to landing job. Yeah. So. Um... I think it was something like a like thirteen months. Um, if actually, like, I'm a little bit hazy on like exactly the month that I started studying, uh, but it was just a little over over a year. Okay, and I've been reading a lot because I'm also in the self taught route right now. I've been going for four months, and I've been hearing a lot that if you study from a book, um, because the book has been refined so many editions, your learning is better than going from a person who created a course. Will you agree on that? Um, I don't disagree. I, I don't. I don't agree or disagree. <laughs> um, I would say that it depends on the book. It depends on the course. I think there are some really excellent courses out there. Um, I think with books, uh, you know, sometimes they do get updated. Sometimes they don't. And yeah, it's it's like extremely important to check the date of the last like edition uh, of the book that you're, or like the you know the the, the date that the book got updated. Um, cause you know, this stuff changes so fast that it makes sense to, to be up to date. Um, I would say that like, this kind of ta- taps into the problem that I feel most, uh, self learners are, are, are dealing with today is it's just really hard to figure out like what is a good resource and what's not. Um, there's a lot of crap out there to be honest, Jonathan, it's just like a lot of really, um, bad both blog posts and courses um a lot of like courses are like kind of money grabs uh i'm not going to name any names uh but like i I would say like most courses are are not good uh there's probably like a select few courses that i would i would like wholeheartedly recommend this is like something i'm constantly trying to figure out is like what is the good stuff out there Uh, so i can recommend that to new engineers um it's hard like yeah i no i i think one of the main indicators for me at least because i I come from the real estate world and it's the same thing, you know, there's people, coaches that will promise you the world, you pay them $1,000 a month, and then by then you're, you don't have anything. And I've been seeing that in the, in the tech world as well. There's a lot of people, just, they're just marketers. They're, they never worked in the field. They never done anything. Uh, so, they, they, you know, they're just marketers. So I think one of the, te- the things that I look for is the test of time. How long have you been doing this? Mm-hmm. And like free code camp is a very good yeah. uh, resource because when I started coding back in 2015, um, they were they were around, right? They mm-hmm. just started, I think. And now in 2021, they're still around. They're building these new things. There's a video game now, so that's the curriculum I follow. And then after that, uh, I, if I if I cannot understand what they what they're trying to teach me, I just go to YouTube and just try to figure something out. But that's the, my hard solid roadmap. Yeah, no, when to say like that, I totally agree. I think like Free Code Camp, um, they started around like. 2012 i remember when they first uh like kind of hit the scene um this is back in like when i was starting to learn like more front-end development um and they kind of like made a big splash uh back in the day they they were doing um if i'm remembering correctly they were they were, they started out by um having you do open source commits to nonprofit organizations so you basically work with a nonprofit to like write code for them 
Uh, I, I, just thought, I thought it was such a cool idea and um, they've, they've really stuck around. And I think they're like one of the organizations that's making like the biggest difference in like the, the new developer learner uh, scene. Yeah, that that's pretty cool. So uh, you are, let's go back to the story a little bit. You, you, you learned your, your new technology. What did you focus on? On yeah, so I studied Java. Um, uh, great. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember why I picked Java. Like I, uh, like I honestly wish I, I knew more. Like I knew more about like, or I could remember more of why I did certain things and uh, kind of more of the decision making process. I, I know, I know really well like why I quit biotech and why I decided to do coding, um, but I don't remember why I chose Java. Um, I think. Part of it, the decision was just like I, I had tried C plus plus a long time ago, and uh, I had I had, like my friend's brother I remember was like really good programmer, uh, and he did C plus plus, and I was like, oh, that's the language to learn. But I tried C plus plus back in like seventh grade, and I was so bad at it. And but you know Java reminded me a lot of like you know C languages, and um, but it was a lot more approachable. Like it, it's it's weird for me to say that Java is approachable. Um, because I think, like compared to like JavaScript, it's like way, way, way less approachable. Um, but I'm really glad I learned Java as my first language. Um, I I've, have sorry, go ahead. No, I'm sorry for that. I've been hearing that a lot. Like people like they learn Java uh, or like these very hard languages in the beginning. They they're they're very glad they learned that because it taught them how to think like a programmer and the fundamentals and and this core things that you can translate to any other language which will increase your learning curve extremely yep. fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I mean, I went from Java to PHP to, um, to JavaScript, and then I learned uh, Python and Ruby. Um, and none of those have uh, types in them except Java. Um, and then, like, you know, when, when TypeScript came out uh, in JavaScript uh, land, I picked it up with no problem. <laughs> like, it's just so easy for me to just, like, click back into, like, typing things and stuff like that it's just like uh i don't think it's that hard to learn for like even new developers um and i've, I've heard that kind of feedback that like it's not terribly tricky um but i just had such a leg up from learning java or learning java like way back in the day yeah i was taught java in school and when i was studying computer science in mm -hmm. community college and i absolutely hated it yeah and and also i was uh the way i got introduced into programming funny enough back in ecuador uh, we had a computer class and we had like one semester or like one or two months of programming. And I got introduced to C sharp, no C plus plus, I mm -hmm. think it was. And I liked it. I was like, okay, this thing is cool. And then that was starting my, the snowball effect into this crazy world that we're in right now. Um, all right. So tell us a little bit more about your, how did you find your first job? How, what was, what would that look like back in 2009, 2010? Yeah. It was a lot easier than it is now. So I like I, I constantly make this comparison. It was so much harder to learn um, how to program, and it was much easier to get a job. Um, I will also say like I did the things that I recommend to people um, when I like kind of mentor them nowadays. Like I built projects. Um, so I, my two projects that I built were um, a Java flashcard app. Uh, so my girlfriend at the time, now wife, uh, was studying for. Uh, her GREs, and uh, I built this flashcard app to uh, kind of make it easier for her to 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 study. Um, and she didn't end up using it that much, but uh, it still like had a project of a portfolio. 
Um, and the other one was I actually uh, built a integration to, I can't remember which Maps API it was back then, but like basically uh, calculated my commute time when I was searching for apartments. Uh, so I just put in an address and it would like um, try to map out like how long it would take for me to get to my place, uh, my, my workplace and stuff like that. So those are two projects I built. Um, it wasn't much, but like it was enough to get kind of get noticed. Like I think back then there weren't that many self-taught developers. Um, and so it was like a lot less competition. Um, I also had an unpaid internship under my belt. So I worked for this, um, this uh, tech incubator in, in Boston. And um, I was like doing like Drupal and like work, uh, Drupal and PHP maintenance on their, um, on their website. Uh, and so I had those, those kinds of experiences under my belt. I don't know what, how hard it would have been without those things. Um, so I kind of applied to a couple jobs on the, third or fourth job I got a call back and um, I actually went into the interview without like knowing the language that they were interviewing me for uh, like I, I knew some PHP like it, it was a PHP shop uh, and I knew some PHP from from my internship but not I wasn't like an expert uh, you know I still considered myself a Java developer um, but uh, they they decided to hire me. So it's just like, uh, I know, I know this story is probably gonna make a lot of people really annoyed <laughs> that like, it was, uh, like they, that they're willing to give a chance to someone who didn't even know the language of the, the shop that they're working on, uh, or, or like wasn't very comfortable with it. But, um, that was kind of the way things were back then. Like the, the hurdles to, to become a self-taught developer were just like much lower or sorry, they were much higher. And so, uh, and, and so like the competition was a lot less fierce. Yeah, I, I guess like like everything in life and in history, there's cycles. So right now we're in the cycle that the information is so available to everybody mm-hmm. that the level of the, um, what do you call this, the barrier to entry is so low. However, only the fittest will survive, right? Yep. And yep. I guess I guess like back uh, like 10, 20 years ago, and that's not a long, that's not, that's, that's not a long time, but for computer years, that's a long time, right? Yep. So um, back then it was the reverse, you know, the, it was easier to get a job, but the barrier of entry was harder because you have to learn from books and you have to yep. go and re- go to the library or borrow a book from a friend or talk to somebody and say, hey, I want to learn this, right? So yep. it just switched, right? Um, so you got your first job. And so how was the how, how was your first job? Like, uh, I guess a lot of people, I have this, I'm curious as well. I've seen videos on, online of people like, what's, what, what was like the first week as a new developer? Because I think... You, in, in in the software field, there's imposter syndrome. I've been seeing this a lot on Twitter that you get that a lot. So I just want from you, like your first job, how did you deal with that? How was it? Do you have a good experience? Tell us more about yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, I tell people this all the time. Like, whatever you... Like, just get your first job as soon as possible. Like, don't worry too much about, like, how much you know. Like, it basically... The only thing you should be concerned about in terms of like how much you know before you get your first job is like, do I know enough to like convince people to hire me? Um, once you get to your first job, like it's going to make all your self-learning look like a joke. Um, like it doesn't matter how much self-learning you've been. Like maybe if you've been like self-learning for like five years, then you'll have like a really good body of knowledge. But once you get to your first job, like it's just it's just like drinking from fire hose. Um, and the reason is like there's so much complexity to uh, to to actually like maintaining an app for a business purpose than it is for just like doing it 
um, as like a small project basis or, or stuff like that. So it was like totally overwhelming. And I actually like, it, it's one of two jobs where I, I was like, am I going to make it? Um, I constantly asked myself that. Like I, it was just like so much learning uh, and, and so quick. And um, I, I had a boss who uh, I'm very grateful for, but uh, he was tough. He was a tough boss. And like I had to show up um, and, and be thinking about every single thing I did um and i'm i'm really grateful for that like and also the company uh that i i landed um it was it was tiny it was like 12 people i was one of two developers it was just me and my mentor um and so it just gave me like an enormous breadth of uh just having to learn everything like i barely knew database design uh by the end i like had studied i like bought like several books on it and like had studied on my own uh just to like keep up you know just to like uh make sure i looked I knew enough to look competent at work. Um, so it, yeah, like it spanned the whole range of like database to back end to front end. Um, back then, like front end wasn't the complex beast it was today uh, or it is today. Like we we're just using jQuery, but um, the whole rest of the stack was like really complicated. I had to learn like what is model view controller. Like I had to like, I didn't really fully understand it until I got to work. So um, long-winded way of saying, like, there was a lot going on, and uh, I'm, I feel lucky that I survived. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm seeing patterns from different industries because in the real estate industry, I come from real, I'm a realtor. I mm-hmm. do this, I, I do real estate for a living two years now. And the same thing happened, like, everybody telling me in the brokerage, like, get your first contract, get your first sale, and it'll be better than anything else. Like, it'll be, you'll learn so much, and from there, it'll just be momentum. And I'm seeing that also in the tech industry, like get your first job. It doesn't matter how much you pay. It doesn't matter what you're learning. Just get in there, meet people, show that you're competent, show that you're enthusiastic as hell. And, you know, and hopefully you'll go from there. Right. It's yeah. like fake it until you make it basically. Yeah. I also, um, I want to add that my first job paid uh, minimum wage. So I made $18,000 a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, it's like literally minimum wage. Um, I, I think like, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a small company and th- like, that's how they got away with it. And um, I don't regret taking it, you know, like, I don't, I don't regret taking it because it was like, I, I think like if, if it was, if it was like that, like, I think that's like borderline exploitative. Um, but I think if it was like that and I didn't learn anything, then I would have been mad. <laughs> um, but it was like that. It, it, it paid me very, very poorly. And it was like an incredible learning experience. So um, I feel like, you know, I got lucky. I, I wouldn't say like everyone should just like wander into like any, literally any job. Like if it's like toxic and abusive, then, you know, that's like irreparable damage, right? Uh, and you might not like recover your enjoyment of coding enough to like get your second job. So like I would say avoid like the most toxic places, but um, my place was like, I think it was like borderline exploitative, but it was like not, um, it wasn't like so unhealthy that, uh, you know, I, it like killed my love for programming. So uh, you had to kind of walk that line of like, oh, just take whatever job you can get versus like, you know, um, just like dehumanize yourself, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it really depends on where you are in life, I think. If you're like trying to make it and survive it and survive, I guess you have to get your first job. Whatever job comes, you have to get it. But if you're like in the in the place that you have a, a full time career or you're making the transition, and you're making pretty good money, or whatever, and you have the option to turn down this toxic environment, then I think it really depends. It's very subjective. What, what do you think about that? 
Yeah, I I don't know. Like it I I have a hard time recommending this path for like people who don't um have like a little bit of cushion saved up. It's just like it's such a hard journey and like yeah, you, you don't have any options. Like I think like that is what money is to me is like optionality. The ability to say no to an opportunity that you that is like not going to be good for your mental health. Um so I I don't know, you know, like I think it's not like I was swimming in money back then, but you know, I still have, I'm still speaking from a place of privilege. It makes it very hard for me to kind of advise people who like are starting out with like even less than, than I had, um, which there are plenty of people like that. So um, I don't like to give blanket advice about this. Um, like you have to kind of like feel out your own situation. Um, but uh, yeah, I like, it's, it's just hard. I, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to like speak uh, out of turn about any of this. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's hard. I I'm learning how to program for four months, and I, I just I want to quit. Like every single time I go to the computer and I and I see that I can't do something, I just like screw this. I can't yeah. do this anymore. But then uh, I surprise myself, like what I'm capable of googling, trying to think the program the the problem another way, you know, stuff like that. So it's very rewarding at the end. So it it really depends on do you really want this, and if yes, you're willing to put with all the bullshit, all the 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 bad nights, all everything. And you eventually get to your goal, right? It's just not giving up because yeah. people have done it. Why can't you do it? That's what I always yeah. say to myself. And maybe it's going to take me twice as long. But if you really want this, you'll be okay with taking it twice as long, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, like, I, it's like the mental shift that you have to do. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like constantly uh, um, a, a, an anthem that I hear is like, don't compare yourself to other people and like their journey. Um, I think that's very true. Like you're not going to, learn at the same pace as like peers in your cohort or whatever um and just like you you just have to look backwards at your own progress and like make sure that you're making progress if you're not making progress then obviously you need to fix something um but don't compare yourself to other people like you don't know what like advantages they have like whether it's like i don't know genetic or like their network or um there's a lot of other hidden things that you can't really see and so you yeah you don't you don't want to like look on your own progress and feel poorly about it just because like you're not progressing as fast as someone else yeah i really think that's very true uh you don't know everybody's fighting a battle you know nothing about mm-hmm. everybody is different from you so you know that person got a job in four months but maybe they had a, a a very close best friend that works in tech and you know he got free internship or something like that you don't know you, you don't know what's going on just focus on your lane do the work you eventually get there and that's like how i view the world and that's what i you know what I, I tell like my new tech buddies that I, I mean, I'm meeting on Twitter, you know, just do that. Like you'll eventually get there. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. So after you got your first job, um, I also saw in your Twitter bio that your next Google, X, B, all these big unicorn and, you know, uh, trend, uh, Google, Google is a trend dollar company. Tell us, tell us more about that experience. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, after my time at Yahoo, like old, you know, about a year into my time at Yahoo, um, I got recruited by Google. I was like actually planning on staying at Yahoo for uh, a bit of time, but um, when Google contacted me, like I couldn't say no. This is like you know, a place I've been wanting to go since I began began my career, and um, yeah, it was it was a unique experience. You know, like I think it's it's there's not really like there's a lot of companies that offer like perks like like Google. And I think like probably the closest uh, one in terms of experience is probably like Facebook. Um, 
in terms of like just how many amenities they provide for their employees. Um, and like, there are a lot of really good things about working there. Um, like I, I think like both the free food is like amazing and the free, um, like there, there, like there was a doctor on site, um, and like a, like a therapist on site and stuff like that. You could like get a lot of those kind of, um, uh, errands and stuff taken care of like during your work day. Was that covered by your insurance in Google? It was, uh, it was really good insurance, uh, by Google. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they, they gave us like, I think it was like 10, uh, free, uh, therapy sessions per quarter or something like that or like per i, I can't remember if it was like quarter or so, yeah it was it was I, I never paid for therapy while i was there yeah um and the doctor that was on site like i think i paid like an eight dollar copay or something like that so um is really really inexpensive or, or free um and yeah they just they just treated you really well as an employee um in terms of just like benefits um but uh, I would say, like the the reason that I, we're, you know I'm not a current Google employee is that um, I don't think I loved the work. Like I think it was like uh, it, it's like a very specific type of work that you end up doing at Google. It's like really um, th- there's a lot of uh, kind of like internal tools that they build, uh, and they're really like excellent tools, uh, but they're hard to market, you know. Uh, so like the whole time I was there, like I actually wanted to learn React and like. Uh, position myself in case I wanted to leave, uh, but I, I had to use like an internal framework um, that uh, like no one outside of Google had ever heard of. Um, so like all those kinds of like technologies that you use as like a someone who's learning how to code today, uh, those aren't. I mean, they're relevant inside Google. Like it's the same like core concepts, but um, I would say the skills are just not that marketable. And like I think um, that's something I I really wanted out of my time at at a Silicon Valley company. So. Um, that's ultimately why I felt it wasn't like the best fit for me. You went to Airbnb after, right? Was that? Yep. 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 All right. Perfect. Um, so yeah, it was a very, very different pace, uh, of, of company. So, uh, I think like Google, I, I learned a lot about like really good engineering practice. Um, and they, they had like, they had their engineering figured out, like down to T, uh, their whole process was like very strict for like the most part. Um, so actually like I, I worked on, uh, I worked on a mix of teams at Google, uh, sorry, just to go back to that question a, a little bit. I worked on a mix of teams at Google that like ranged from, uh, like really well buttoned up, like I was just talking about to like, kind of like chaotic. Um, so I, like it, it was like internal apps teams, uh, to like external facing apps teams versus like, uh, marketing websites. And so each of those teams has like a unique culture. Um, and so like there, 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 there were teams that I learned a lot and there were teams that like, I didn't learn that much. Um. But uh, it's overall like it. It was uh, like the the teams that I learned a lot. Like I I learned uh, so much about like engineering and like what what makes for good engineering, good testing, uh, and all that. So um, you know, going fast forward to Airbnb, uh, I will say that uh, like Airbnb's engineering when I got there was like kind of very chaotic. <laughs> um, they had kind of, which is like, I think in my opinion is like a good thing in, in, in some respects, because it means that they grew really fast and they kind of outpaced their ability to kind of get their te- technical debt down, uh, um, under control. And so when I got there, like it took me like a full week to get my dev environment set up. It was just, um, totally broken. Everything was like completely broken. And, um, it was really frustrating for me. Like, and I, I had questions about whether I'd make it in that environment. This was the other time I felt like really overwhelmed. Um, 
and uh, it was just because like the, the 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 company wasn't like well set up to onboard people. Like they were kind of like converting all their stuff to microservices. Uh, it made it really hard to uh, to come in as a new engineer and like be productive right away. And throughout my time at Airbnb, I saw it um, like mature quite a bit. Like there were a lot of really smart people working on the problems that I I went in and started and like noticed right away. Um, and so I saw like kind of the evolution of like a, a really like strong engineering culture. Um, like I think like their product culture still uh, is is uh, a bit iffy, but um, like definitely their design culture, their engineering culture. I think they they have like really good branding around it, and uh, they, they market themselves really well. When when you say product culture, what does that mean? Yeah, so um, Airbnb is like pretty top down. Um, like there, you know, there's like top down and bottom up companies, and it's good to know. Like I, I think this is something that people don't really talk about in tech Twitter very often. Is like, um, how does your work actually tie into the business? Like, how does how do you interact with like a product manager and like make sure that you're uh, shipping work that like is actually moving the company forward and hitting the metrics that you need to hit. Um, so yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Like basically um, the initiatives are like very uh, top down. Like they're the, the company is um, I think uniquely <laughs> top down. Like, cause I think like uh, Brian Chesky, the CEO is like a kind of a visionary. And so he has like a very specific uh, vision of what he wants the company to be and where he wants it to go. Um, I, it's it's not like I I think like a lot of people use top down as like it's necessarily bad. I don't think that's always the case. Like I think Apple um, in the Steve Jobs era was like very top down, and they managed to like innovate and ship amazing products. You know, so um, I would say like I don't thrive in that environment. Um, I think like Google's like pretty bottoms up and Airbnb is pretty top down. It's good to know like kind of what your company's like and what you're getting yourself into. So um, yeah, I, like that's kind of that's kind of my the my kind of issues with the product culture. It's not like, it's not that it's a bad product culture. It's just like, wasn't a really good fit for me. And that's how like, like every, everybody's different. So like yeah. a, a, the other person's going to thrive in that chaotic environment and loves to be doing something different every day. And another person is going to like the structure of Google being, you know, yep. around so long. And, and you just have to know how to, well, in the beginning, you don't know how to, you don't know what questions to ask or you don't know what to look for to make sure that, that the company is a good fit for you. But I think the more jobs you get, the more you're inside the field, you will get a grasp of it. But like I, like you said before, uh, just get the first job and then go from yep. there. Right? Yeah, for sure. Like, I think you, you touched on a really, really good point, which is like, I mean, there, there are sometimes like bad company cultures. Like I think like some company cultures are like objectively bad. Like if they like uh, marginalize people, or like they ignore people or they, they, they're extremely toxic and they don't care about people as like uh, treat them as human beings. That's obviously objectively bad. I think like for Google and Airbnb, like I have friends who were at Google back in 2013 when I joined that are still there. They love it. They probably will never leave. Um, and so that may be you. Like if you're listening to this podcast, that may be you. Like you might find it a really good fit. Um, for me, I left after like two and a half years and um, I don't regret leaving. I don't regret going there. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's all a matter of like, once, once you start, you know, once you, once you're in the field long enough and you have some options, find the place that fits you best. I remember, um, you just said that you enjoy mentoring and, and that type of work. And I also know that you have like a startup that, um, that helps people doing that, right? You also mentor new developers and stuff like that. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. Um, I, I guess my startup. Uh, you're, you're talking about the startup uh, that um, I'm working at. Like I'm talking about. 
or yeah, or the, the one I'm kind of building on the side the one you build on the side the one okay, that yeah, yeah, yeah. the mock the, the mock yeah, um yeah. questions yeah yeah cool yeah so yeah we we uh a couple friends and i building a site called friendandeval.com um so yeah if you, you just go there you can do some interview questions uh for front end um and so we kind of saw this gap in the market where um when I interview at jobs, like for front end, a lot of them aren't doing like lead code stuff anymore. They're they're kind of like doing more of stuff that I expect to do at work. Um, I feel like front end is one of the um, the fields that has made this shift uh, most gracefully, uh, and like more more and more companies are like seeing the light and like actually evaluating people on front end skills rather than uh, just like kind of arbitrary like computer science stuff. Um, and so we kind of saw this shift in like the the actual job market, but um, the interview resources that are out there like are, have yet to catch up. Um, and so, yeah, we kind of built a site that like um, has questions that are based on kind of our experience with uh, with interviewing, and um, they, they're not there's no like you know plagiarism of like, questions we've actually heard during interviews or anything like that, but um, definitely mimic the ones that we've heard before. And so, yeah, it's just a place to kind of go and practice. Like, I, I think you could use it for like just general like front end practice as well as if you're like training for an interview. Um, just uh, there's like some prompts and there's some hints and uh, some actual extensions that you can do to if you want to test yourself even more. Yeah, I saw I saw your video on the clock, mm-hmm. and that was like, how am I gonna learn it? Like, like my, my head. It was like three four weeks ago, so I was you know. I was still learning JavaScript and stuff like that. But now today, um, I finished a project in JavaScript. I feel more confident on it. So I may go back there and try, try to do it again. But yeah, that's awesome. Um, I feel that a lot of, I think, like like we said before, getting yourself in the door is the hardest part of yep. right now. Because after that, you meet so many people. And if you're actually passionate about it and you're actually pretty good at it, you will you know, you know will grow fast. And then, and then it'll be just like another job, I think. Um, they're trying to progress and stuff like that. So I guess what I'm, where I'm trying to go with this is what advice will you give a new developer or a developer that has been trying to find a job for a year and they're just, they, they say, I, I'm going to quit. I can't do this anymore. Like what, because you, you, you're a CTO as well and the startup you're working at, um, your main job. So what do you see? What tip or what anything you can give somebody to give the, the upper edge? Yeah. to impress say, or to stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to open this by saying like, I don't have your experience. Like I don't, I, I've never lived your experience of like trying to find a job in 2021. And so I want, I want everyone to take this with a grain of salt of like, um, you know, I, I did it a long time ago. My experience is very different. And I really want people to kind of come away from, from like all the advice that they see on like tech Twitter and like, uh, blog posts and stuff like that, that like this person that you're reading has not had your experience before. Like maybe they have, like maybe they got a job like last month. Uh, then they're really like really well equipped to to, to teach you. Um, but even if they got the, their job like four or five years ago, the industry was completely different. And so you have to kind of like um, keep that in mind when you're reading advice from people is that their journey is not your journey. Your journey is your own. Um, and so that's something like, so I'll start, I'll start there. Like, you know, don't, be cautious about what you hear um, and don't necessarily just like, you know, hear something from someone who's been in the field for a while and be like, oh, that person's really smart and just go and implement it right away. Um, I would say like one of the main things 
one of the main issues I see with uh, people who are uh, kind of applying to jobs is like they aren't um, they they aren't necessarily like iterating. Uh, like they apply to a job and they get a rejection, and they apply to the next job like in exactly the same way. Um, and, uh, and like, maybe they apply to their next like 20 jobs in ex exactly the same way. Just like one click apply. Like I've heard like people apply to like 600 jobs and like this person must be one click applying. Like they just click on that apply button on LinkedIn or whatever. And they're like, Oh, hope that this numbers game works out for me. Um, that's like, honestly a waste of time. <laughs> um, there are so many applications that I, I see uh, through through one click apply that like that button might not even might as well not even be there. Um, if you if if I like as a hiring manager if I get applications from one click apply and there's like another tier of people who email me directly and they're like I really want to work for your company here's why and like here's what makes me a good fit here's something I research about the company about you then like these people automatically jump to the top of the pile and I don't even like. I, I might not even make it to like even the first one click apply. Um, so I, yeah, I would say like put, put effort into it. Like put, put at, like, don't just make it a numbers game. Like, I don't know if like, you know, you're, you're, if you're a year into it, if it's like, you've just been like clicking on LinkedIn uh, or if you've actually like been, been actually emailing people and like doing a lot of research. Um, I have a hard time believing that if you're like personalizing your job search, um that it's going to take that long but you know it might i and it, i i don't want to just assume but generally what i see from like people who are complaining about like it's it's taken years and years um it's people who like aren't they're they're applying in such a way that like they're completely undifferentiated from the literally hundreds of other people who are applying to the same job yeah that's that's so true. Um, Einstein said insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So like if, you, if you're applying to 10 jobs and you get rejected for all of them, you're clearly doing something wrong. Yes. And also I think other, the, uh, the thing uh, people don't see is like, how good are you? Or, or, or like in the beginning, maybe like, um, how, how can I frame this? Like, how good are you like showing that mm -hmm. you are yes. capable of, of getting the work done? Because right now, maybe in the beginning, you, you don't know, you don't know anything, right? But showing to the CTO, whoever's doing the interview, that hey, I might not know anything, but I'm willing to learn. I'm here. I'm I'm ready. And I think that also comes with your um, personalizing the the email or the resume or whatever for, for the company. That's a, a big factor. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah, um, um, and it's it's kind of like uh, it, it's marketing, right? You know, applying to jobs is marketing. And people think that it's like, oh, you know, I just need to be good. I just need to like study really hard and uh, know the concepts really well. But like, if that doesn't even get you an interview, then you need to figure out like what's going on there. Like what's wrong with my resume, you know? So like, I, it's like kind of this iterative approach that I kind of recommend to people is like, um, how do you know what to work on? It's like the interview process is a funnel, right? It's like a funnel that like, you you know, you start by sending the, sending the, your, your resume. And then there's like steps along the way where um, you get filtered out or, or, you, or you get rejected, right? Like, where is, where are you actually running into those issues, right? Um, like if you're getting very, very few callbacks, your, your resume probably needs work, you know, or, or like, you know, the projects in the way that you present them probably need work. If you're getting a lot of callbacks, but you like, you're flunking the interviews, you need to like do le more lead code or more like, uh, you know, uh, interview training uh, or like technical challenge training or stuff like that, you know? So, um, if, if you like, 
if you have been applying for a year and you don't even know what to work on, like that's a problem, you know? So I think like, that's kind of like um, my, my perspective on it. You'd have to be paying attention to like, where am I getting weeded out? And, and how do I kind of improve that, uh, that part of like the, the process for myself? Yeah, Mark, I mean, life is a sale, I think. That, that's what I say all the time. Life is a sale. You're selling to everybody. You're selling to the person you met at. Outside, you're selling to everybody. So if you know how to sell and how to market yourself, you will never go hungry, literally. Yep. Um, yep. So I think that that's a very important skill to learn. All right, Mike, this has been fun. I really, really appreciate you coming here. Uh, also, before we end this, uh, tell us a little more where people can find you, your social media, your your websites, everything. Yeah, sure. My uh, Twitter handle is at generic Mike Chen. Um, and like you you were mentioning earlier, I do a live stream every Friday at 8, 8 a.m. Pacific uh, at MikeChen.live. All right, perfect. Also, everything will be in the show notes and all the, the footnotes also will be in the show notes just in case you want to skip around. And Mike, thank you so much. And hopefully we can do a round two sometime in the future. All right. Appreciate it, Jonathan. Thanks so much.